0: What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and and one-and-done preview for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. We will go through some outright options. We'll look through head-to-head bets and maybe provide a few one-and-done options for you. If you do live in a state with legalized gambling, uh, the offers are large and they are constantly changing, usually hundreds of dollars if not thousands of dollars in free bets. And a lot of times there are boosts on things. For example, uh, William Hill has boosted the odds on Phil Mickelson to win the U S open. If you think that he can go back to back at major championships, they moved him from 50 to one back to 60 to one. So uh, check out rickrungood.com slash bets for all of that information. It has Each state list listed, each book listed, and uh, the current best offer for you. So take advantage of that. It's a win-win for you, for me, and for the books as well. Uh, Otherwise, let's jump into this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. This is the Tournament Predictor Tool on RickRungood.com. This is me simulating the event 1,000 times, then comparing it to the odds and seeing if there is any value in my simulation Jordan Spieth won this tournament more than anybody else 11 and a half percent of the time which I think is noteworthy because in what other sport I mean I get there's very few sports where the favorite the guy who's the absolute favorite to win 11 to 1 like he wins this 11 percent of the time in my simulations you know I mean like it's just golf golf picking outrights is is so difficult uh but Justin Thomas is the only other guy over Uh, If you look at those two golfers, there's a couple of things that I think are are noteworthy. Jordan Spieth has been nothing short of magnificent at Colonial. Here's his history dating back to 2013. He's never missed a cut. His worst finish is 32nd and every other finish besides that 32nd. So the other seven are top 15s with a victory, two runner-ups, runners-up, excuse me, a 7th, an 8th, a 10th. Um, just absolutely dominating performance. And he's been phenomenal this year. Uh, I understand he's only going to win it 11% of the time, but that's a pretty significant number and more. uh, he, he wins it more often than the Vegas number implies him to. So the implied number has him winning it about 9% of the time. I have him winning it about 11.5% of the time. Uh, That is a pretty good gap for a guy at the top of the board, and especially because this board, to me, is very top-heavy. You also have Justin Thomas, who you know, I, I think I showed this maybe on the DFS preview as well, but I'll show it again. Thomas coming off a missed cut, but the good thing about that is he rarely stays down for long. So the last time he missed the cut was Genesis. Uh, His start after that, he finished 15th, and his start after that, he won. Go back a little bit further to the last time he missed the cut, Travelers. Uh, His start immediately after, he finished second. He went to a playoff at the Workday Charity Open. Uh, The time before that, he missed the cut. Genesis again. Next start he finished sixth, missed the cut at Sony. Next start finished third. It, it just it really doesn't keep him down for long. Um, so that's at least good and on brand for JT. Uh, I I don't know if I'll be getting to this number. I have him winning at ten and a half percent of the time. His odds are around. Depends on where you're looking. Fourteen. Uh, William Hill has him at fourteen to one. DraftKings has him at thirteen to one. So you probably want to go to William Hill if you want to bet on Justin Thomas. Actually, you probably want to go to William Hill if you want to bet on Thomas or Spieth because they've got better numbers on both of these guys. If you want to bet on Morikawa, you should be going to DraftKings because that's where the better number is. And in William, these are actually very good. William Hill is... I like William Hill. I have access to it here in Nevada. Um, these are better numbers uh, than they normally have. Answer at 20. Sportsbook or uh, uh, DraftKings has him at 17. Finau at twenty two, DraftKings has him at seventeen. This is they're usually in line, if not a little bit worse. These are significantly better. Anyway, back to uh, back to the the board here. Uh, Patrick Reed to me is the first click. Um, so William Hill has him at twenty two, DraftKings has him at seventeen. That's shocking to me. Um, Circa has him here at twenty two. They're they're by far the best numbers that that I can get in Vegas. So or at least for golf, um, Patrick Reed, to me, makes the most sense. You know, this course, Colonial, is, um, it's not particularly long. It's a par 70. It has small little greens. And when you start missing greens, guys like Reed tend to shine, right? When everybody's missing greens, the up and down game. We know that Patrick Reed wins golf tournaments. I mean, just look at the names around, uh, you know, well, let me sort this by the odds, actually, instead. Um, you know, the guys around Patrick Reed, Abraham Answer, Tony Finau, Corey Connors, Daniel Berger, Will Zalatoris, Joaquin Neiman. I mean, what do those guys have? Five combined wins? Abraham Answer's never won. Finau has one. Connors has one, so that's two. Berger has well, he's got two recently, and he's got a couple more. So Berger probably has like four. Um, so that's six. Zalatoris has zero. Joaquin Neiman has one. So that's seven. I mean, uh Reed has nine himself. Like it's it, he's he's an actual winner on the PGA tour. He can win, uh, really at any event. He's, and he's played well at Colonial and at least did uh, last year as well. So that to me, I thought was the most exploitable spot. He won my sim 8.6 percent of the time. Uh, he is implied to win it about five and a half percent of the time, and actually less than that if you use his 22 to one number. I'm using his I'm using his 17 to one number. So it's actually if you're getting that 20 if you're getting that 20 or 22. Um, it's probably the most valuable bet of any of these guys at the top is is the way that I would deem it. Uh, Scheffler, a little bit of value, but I worry about his upside. Uh, Morikawa is fairly priced. Uh, the the guy that I think is going to get a ton of love in, in fantasy markets and and we're I'm still keeping an eye on his on his outright number is is Charlie Hoffman. So yeah, on he's been bet down uh, on William Hill. He opened up at 45. He's down to 35. Let's see if he moved over. He did move a little bit at DraftKings. I think he was 45 at open, down to 40. So people are moving on Charlie Hoffman, and for good reason. Uh, we've talked ad nauseum about the uh, the the way that he has played this year. He's going back to Texas, which is a place that he has great had great success at. Um, let me see if I can pull that up. Yeah. So I just went to the one and done tool. This is, um, Charlie Hoffman, basically all of his results in his career. And I just sorted by place. Um, and you can see like, has he had success? Well, he's won in San Antonio. He won the Byron Nelson. That's in, or he finished second the Byron Nelson that's in Texas. He finished second. Let's see three times, uh, at Valero that's in San Antonio, uh, San Antonio again. I mean, he just tends to play well, in Texas. Uh, and and I, I I like backing that number at 45. 35 is a little short. 40 is fine. But I, I think that there's a reason he's catching quite a bit of steam here uh, on a Tuesday. Outside of that, there's not much I'm thrilled with. Um, as we record this, I've placed two bets. I placed a bet on Patrick Reed. I placed a bet on Charlie Hoffman. I, I believe that this field is uh, very top-heavy, It's, it's one that I probably don't want to get down into kind of the depths of, um, I will save, you know, some, some top tens and some some top twenties, um, for some of these, these guys that are longer, but I think outrights are probably better, better off reserved for the guys near the top of the board. Um, you know, a Harmon top 20 or a Harmon top 10, I think is kind of interesting. Uh, even Richie Warinsky, who tends to be a streaky golfer, now getting a much weaker field, played well last week, something like that. And then even, even a Doc Redman, who I know we have not talked a lot about because uh, he hasn't played all that particularly well, but uh, he, he's to me is starting to put the signs together, maybe a top 10 or a top 20 on Doc that you can get. Nine to one and four to one, respectively, something like that. So I, I, I think that those are viable, but my outrights are probably going to live up here in the in the upper portion. I mentioned Colin Morikawa. I love betting Morikawa. I, I think his number is is fair this week. I probably won't sprint to it or anything like that. But, um, you know, betting Morikawa on a on a weekly basis, it, it, you know, I think it's better than betting a lot of other guys on a weekly basis. He actually wins. He's volatile in all the right categories. He's amazing in all the right categories. Uh, I think that if you fast forward 10 years, uh, Morikawa is probably the guy that earns everybody the most money, right? If you just like bet him outright every single week, because his number still fluctuates enough where you can get him at, you know, 30 or 35 to one in some of these bigger events. He never gets as short as DJ and Ram and, and Bryson and Brooks or whatever in in some of these bigger events. So there's always just a ton of value on him. So uh, not necessarily this week. I think he's fine this week. I think he's a, you know, average, Uh, but, but week to week, he is to me, one of the most bettable golfers that we have in golf right now. All right, let's check out the head-to-head market. So this is the head-to-head matchup tool on rickrungood.com. It, it determines the probability of two golfers against one another in a four-round matchup. Um, let's start with this one because Kucher is actually a pretty interesting play this week against Brendan Todd, and I imagine the more recent you take this, the better Kucher gets. So if you keep it open for since the start of 2020, so a year and a half ago, uh, Todd has the small edge, 52%. If you shorten it, and I bet you, if you go really recent, it goes to Kucher. But let's just say the start of 2021, still Todd. Interesting. Fifty. He actually gets better. How how recent do I have to take this to get to get Kucher involved here? Wow. Okay. The last two months or so. Last two months, it moves to Kucher's side 66 percent of the time. I don't know if I'm willing to go that short, but I do think maybe I shouldn't bet this. Kucher is minus 125. Todd is minus 103. Uh, I thought I was going to see a little bit more from Kucher. He's been good for like four or five events, um, and I think this is a good spot for him. But maybe I'll just hold off on that. How about? Ooh, this is interesting. Zalatoris. So we'll go since Zalatoris debuted, which would have been the U.S. Open, which was September 20th. So September 20 to now, Zalatoris versus Ryan Palmer. Zalatoris has been awesome. But so is Palmer. Like low-key Palmer's been good. let us I'm dying to see what this says. Wow. Zalators beats the crap out of him 76% of the time. So obviously that's a huge number. It's a huge number. It's going to translate to a minus 318 money line. Um, there are probably very few golfers. Against one another that are actually seventy six percent to win over a four round matchup. It's very volatile, but the fact that Zalatoris is even grading out like this, we don't we don't normally see grades like this. So I have uh, I have Zalatoris at seventy six percent. And again, the whole caveat there. That's minus three eighteen. He's a big favorite. He's minus one thirty six to Ryan Palmer's plus 105. but five. But if you believe anything close to this, Zalatoris has been significantly better than Ryan Palmer has been since Zalatoris debuted. Eight months ago, so that's pretty strong. That's one of the stronger ones we've ever gotten here. So Zalatoris is, is gonna le- is going to have to make my betting card over Ryan Palmer this week. Wow, very interesting stuff. How about what else can I find here? I want to find some interesting ones. Um, this one's not bad. Morikawa versus Answer. Shocked! I'm shocked that these two are up against one another answer has been great recently. But okay, so since that same time frame so since the US Open, I have Morikawa winning this 55% of the time, he should be minus 126, he is minus 125. So we are we are dead on the nose there. Let's change this to the start of 2021 it gets more favorable for Morikawa, which is actually kind of surprising because answer's been hot recently. So Morikawa moves to 63% minus 173. So if you want the shorter time frame, you could probably find a bet on this. If you want the longer time frame, it's probably one that you should avoid. I'm not even sure I could get answer to be a favorite in this. Even in answer's last handful of starts where he's been awesome, where he's been phenomenal, he's only 49.1% to win this. So... I can't even make answer a favorite in this matchup uh, under any under any time frame, which is kind of interesting. All right, let's talk one and done here. So update on the Rick Rungood, on the Rungood one and done. So again, we start at the very beginning of the season. So we are now... At the second-to-last event of Segment 3, so it's Charles Schwab Challenge, then the Memorial next week, that will conclude Segment 3, and then Segment 4 will be the only thing left from the RBC Canadian, which is, uh, I have to update my graphic, that is now going to be called the Palmetto Championship at Congaree, I believe is the name for it, so that'll be swapped out there. So it'll be that event down to the Tour Championship. That is how uh this will wrap up and uh then segment 5 of course is just the the majors and the players and things like that so there's not actually uh you know 12 more events in segment 5 it's it's just the the, the big ones being being double counted essentially uh nobody had Phil Mickelson last week uh but there were a couple of guys with Brooks Kepka Nash the Flash at 12.1 is in the lead caster Joshua 11.8 Graybo, Chappy Chaps, and J.K. Key rounding out the top five. I'm hanging in twentieth here, but I've got to start making up some ground. Um, in segment five, I thought I was doing better, but I am not. Okay, so let's let's talk about this week. Um, as mentioned, I think Charlie Hoffman is great. If you have not used him yet, I think that the the popular, the most popular golfer for this week will probably be Abraham Answer. Uh, if you haven't, if you didn't use him at like is it still called the desert classic? The desert? No, it's called the American express. Uh, if you didn't use him there, I'm not sure where you would have used him. Maybe you used him at heritage, a place like that. Um, this would be a pretty good spot to roll out answer. I believe that he will be popular this week. I believe that, uh, burger will be popular again if you haven't used him, but if you're looking to go further down the board, um, this feels like a Brian Harmon week. You know, I had to use him in our first cut one and done because I'm literally out of golfers, but, um, the the idea of this place setting up for him, he's been on a great run. He got he missed the cut last week, snapped that streak, and uh I mean the ocean course was way too big for him. It was it was just too big. This place much more manageable. Uh he's thirty to one. I like that. I think that's a good one and done play. I think Charlie Hoffman, as I mentioned, is a good one and done play. If you're looking even further, um, let me see here. I, I mean Matt is not bad. Like let's pull up Kuchar here. There's, there's, This is probably the only time and place I'd want to roll him out. So if we go recently, uh, you can see the two events that he's missed the cut were the uh, PGA Championship and the Masters. And I'm not as worried about that because what he's done is a 17th at the Byron Nelson, an 18th at the RBC Heritage, a 12th at Valero. A place that is a par 70 that does not need to be... Um, you don't have to be long off the tee feels like a really good spot for Kutcher. He's playing. Well, this is the best he's played in probably 18 months, quite frankly. So that's, that's going further down the board. Um, I would start to get a little bit worried after that. I mean, if you were super, super desperate, I mean, you could play doc Redmond here. I think you could play cam Davis. Uh, although I worry about that. The thing the, the argument with cam Davis is he is, um, you know, he is incredibly long off the tee. Uh, but he is inaccurate. Now, the argument is these guys that are longer and more inaccurate off the tee, what you end up doing is you have them clubbing down. Um, that was the deal with with Gary Woodland for so long, right? Is he would, he would be able to club down and actually have success on some of these shorter courses. And I think we might be able to see that from Cam Davis, who's 190th in driving accuracy, 13th in distance, if he can just dial back. Hit his approach as well, which he's a top 50 player in. I certainly wouldn't mind Cam Davis either. If you noticed at the beginning, he popped up. um, I have been winning this tournament 3.3% of the time. That is, It's way too much. The simulator, um, listen, it has its blind spots, right? That's why we're not going to blindly follow anything. But uh, this simulator loves volatility because you have to have legitimate upside to win golf tournaments. And Cam Davis has volatility. So it, it, is, it is both good and bad. Uh, when you want to embrace volatility, guys like Davis are great. Um, if you're looking for something safe, you should probably avoid him. So just a different type of golfer. All right, I think that'll do it for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, that's your betting and one and done preview. There will be a... Uh, two live streams on Wednesday, the 3 p.m. Eastern time live stream on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. That's your question, answer, ownership, whatever you want. And then 8.15 p.m. Eastern time is the Jock Market Power Hour with Joe and myself. That is going to be a ton of fun as it is every single week. And it's a a new way to play fantasy. And I really enjoy it. And then of course I've got, um, (laughs) there's so much Bryson and Brooks stuff going on right now that I fired up. I threw up the bat signal to EPAT and said, we got to talk about this. So expect an episode of 300 yards to unknown, uh, coming out at some point this week as well. But for now, let me know what you think. Tweet me at Rick run good, or leave a comment below. Best of luck. And I'll talk to you guys soon.